Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Raising Bulls. We are the only podcast dedicated to the New York Red Bulls 2 of USL. Tonight, we're talking about another win, guys. Uh, I know that I didn't believe it, but Anthony and Bill sure did. Uh, <laughs> here we are. A huge performance from Evan Loro. Guess what? We've got him on the show tonight uh, talking about that and the rest of the season. We're going to preview the match against Louisville City with uh, Daniel Carell. And uh, we're going to talk about the rest of the playoffs. It's a big, big show, guys. Joining me tonight, as always, we've got NYC Soccer World's own Anthony Merced. Hello, Anthony. How are you? I'm feeling great. I just poured myself a beer, and we're going to talk about how Joe Goldstein was wrong for the second week in a row. (laughs) I will gladly be wrong. I think uh, there was something around Verone that happened this season, but my exact quote was, I would rather win than be right. So uh, that's totally fine with me. And joining us tonight, we do not have Bill, uh, so he can't rub my face in it because he predicted the exact score, I, I, I think. I think we discussed. <laughs> but we do have, once a Metro Zone, Joseph Steen. Hello, Joseph. Hi. How are you guys? Or Tom. Should I call you Tom? <laughs> no. No, you Joe's fine, please. <laughs> it's going to be anyway. the running joke for the rest of the time. <laughs> Forever. For all time. I um, know. <laughs> how are you doing tonight, Joe? I'm fantastic. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. I, I mean... It, there's a lot to feel good about this week. New York comes into Tampa Bay. Uh, they give up kind of a fluky goal after there's a deflection. It seems like, here we go. This is going to be just like one of those games from the rest of the season. Uh, but they shake that off. They barely hold on defensively. Stefano Bonomo comes through with uh, a two-goal performance. Evan Loro stands on his head. I, I Hands down the best performance from him uh, for the season. And... <laughs> Here we are. We're, they're, they're back in the conference finals. Can you believe it, Anthony? I can believe it because I predicted it. <laughs> <laughs> wh- how Here did, we are. How did this happen? How did this happen? Walk me through it. This happened. I have to give credit to John Walnick, um, who, despite a season where this team could not perform on the road, has managed to instill a confidence in them to be able to go out and play their game and do what they what they can do and not think about the hostile environments they've been in the last two weeks or the bad weather that was there in Tampa Bay. Um, it's, it's awesome. Like he's, he's, he's doing, he's pushing all the right buttons that you need pushed in the playoffs. And that's why they're once again in the conference final for the second show year in a row. And we discussed this a little bit off mic, uh, but this coming week, it's their sixth straight road game. All right. They had only won three times all year. Uh, and in their last, uh, five road matches. They've won three times. This is insane. They are on. They're on another level right now. Uh, let's talk about some of those saves from from Evan Loro uh, for a second. Jostein, I I know that you were watching the game. Uh, was your heart in your throat uh, like mine? Because I I do not know how the ball uh, was. It a magnet? <laughs> was Evan Loro a magnet? I mean, Tampa Bay could not buy a goal. Uh, this the save that really sticks out in my mind. There was the one at the near post that uh, went off his shoulder, uh, but the turning shot—I don't remember who it was for Tampa Bay that took the shot at the top of the box. Portillo. Uh, no, oh no, it's Collins. What a it was Collins. beauty of a save! Yeah. Diving, you know, back across the back across his body. It's going to that far post, and Evan just gets enough on it, pushes it wide. Whew! Uh, crazy yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you talk about a game where I literally probably. Uh, three or four times I probably was like, oh no, oh no, oh no. And then, 
I, I mean, even the one uh, where Nadam headed it back towards the goal, and oh he, yeah, <laughs> he kept that one out. That one was incredible too. Yeah, and the one the one with a minute to go was probably. I mean, that that save was was insane. Like I couldn't believe that he you know he kept that out. And oh yeah, the I one mean, right in front of him, right in front of him too. I mean, for I think it was at least three yards out. Um, I mean, he was. He, I mean, talk about absolutely fantastic during that game i mean he, he he stood on his head he made every save possible except for you know like you said a deflection a deflection off a corner comes right to you know um the attacker and he just puts it past him but i mean after that every save that he made he did i mean it was one of the best performances i watched from a goalkeeper yeah. And did you notice the uh, Did you notice the reaction of the beer guy in the slow motion shots on some of those saves? There was a, <laughs> yeah, there, there was a guy oh. in the background who's who would throw his head back like, "Oh man!" Like in slow motion, it was great. The um, when uh, the MLS All Star Game was at Red Bull Arena, I was just behind the goal uh, for the first half where Manchester scored all of their goals. And there's a bunch of shots of me doing that, like just throwing my head up or like shaking my head, <laughs> putting my hands to my face. Yeah. Uh, but this was incredible. That, that specific save that you're talking about at the end uh, across from the left-hand side, uh, it looks like Loro is dead to rights. Again, I don't know if it was Collins or someone else um, right in front of him. There's there's no reason in this world that that doesn't go in, uh, but he gets his body in front of it. He keeps it out. The Red Bulls are in the conference finals. Uh, we we very briefly touched on Bonomo scoring those two goals, but he he's keeping up his form. Uh, Velo served in the uh, game winning assist. He's looking great. Uh, Junior Flemings he, he earns the penalty that I think uh, he thought he earned the last time they were in Tampa Bay. <laughs> I mean, everything went right for them. The ball's bouncing the right way. Is it just the playoffs for this team? Is the, what? What do we chalk all this up to? No. Well, remember in that last game against Tampa at Al Lang, um, one of the things that I criticized him for was making bad passes out of the back. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't do a lot of that. The, the, the chances that Tampa Bay got in this game, they was through build-up play, and it was all Tampa Bay making those opportunities. Um, if anything, the opposition has give has awarded Red Bull chances that they just have not taken. I can think in particular of, um, I think in, it was like in the 89th minute or something, um, Pickens um, had a really heavy touch that came out to Bazulovic. <laughs> and, and he just took a bad shot. Yeah. Uh, so they're they they've cut down on the on the amount of mistakes they've made passing in the, out of the back or in the midfield. So they're making other teams work. And if you do that, you know you're 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 just you're not going to give away sloppy goals, which is which is one of the problems this team has had all year long. Yeah, absolutely. They have giving away balls in the back and just being punished for it. You're right. They didn't beat themselves, and that that's a huge part of it. And you got to give Tampa Bay credit for for the way that they played because, you know, it's it's funny to look at that game a couple of weeks ago where they don't really play that well. They come out with the win. Here they play a much better game uh, front to back, and they come away with a loss. So it's just yeah. a weird game sometimes. Um, Jordan Scarlett uh, comes out hurt. That's a little bit of a worry sign. Uh, he's been so instrumental uh, for this team and that backline uh, in particular. Although I thought uh, Schmoll did a very good job filling in for him. Uh, probably one of his better performances 
for the season, uh, just based on how things have gone for him. Uh, we did get an update. Jordan Scarlett is questionable for this weekend. He is going to travel with the team. Not sure if he's going to be able to to actually make the squad. So keep your fingers crossed in Red Bull land. Um, if if Jordan Scarlett is not ready to go, Joe, let's get it. Let's let's hear your center back pairing. Is it Indom and and Schmoll? Uh, or do you think Abador has a chance uh, to be in there? I think it's going to be Nadam and Schmoll. I, I thought Schmoll did a very good job after coming on for Scarlet. I mean, that was a tough place to come on. Um, he and Nadam haven't really worked too well together this season, and we saw it in a couple games um, this year. But I thought they did a great job. I thought the communication was there. They Most of their chances for Tampa came on crosses, it seemed like. It wasn't coming through the middle. They were, you know, they were great in the air, both of them. Both of them, you know, again, communication was there. They were great in the air. Their distribution was good out of the back, as Anthony mentioned. I mean, that's something that they've been punished about this year. Um, and I, I thought they did a good job. I mean, I, I would definitely roll with them if if, uh, if Scarlett's unable to go. I do think they did a good job. It's a little worrying the number of chances they gave up. Even if Tampa Bay, I mean, they were playing very, very well. It still has to be a little bit of a, a worry sign for the number of chances they had. Anthony, am I crazy? Or uh, is no. Louisville probably a little bit less likely to come up with those kinds of plays? I mean, if you watch that game that they had against Rochester, they didn't really uh, get forward too much until about until the second half, uh, and they kind of started to find the game. But they're not a team that I think is going to pass through you like Tampa Bay might. No, they're not. Tampa Bay is incredibly dynamic moving forward. They've got um, some, probably some of the best veteran players in the entire league. You think about Joe Cole, um, Sebastian Guanzati, guys who, who have been there and done that not um, in, in lower divisions. I know Joe Cole's remembered for being a Liverpool player. You, you know, whatever. But um, but he but he but he played in the NASL for I believe two seasons. Yep. So I mean, he's very he's very familiar uh, with with lower division soccer in the United States. So Tampa Bay is a very different outfit than Louisville is. The one thing I will say about Louisville is they showed an incredible amount of patience against a Rochester defense that is known to frustrate and make people make mistakes. So that's why it's going to be such an interesting matchup. If they think that, I mean, I know we're getting into like now our preview here, but I I just think Louisville is, is the kind of team that can play different styles when they need to. And Red Bull 2 is going to have to make sure they don't make as many mistakes and force them to get to take chances. A very, very fair point. Um, okay, let's talk. Uh, oh, wait, wait. There's one other thing, one other thing in here that uh, I, I don't know if it's a mark of shame necessarily because he is such a young player. Uh, but Red what? Bull should have had one more goal in this game. <laughs> the very, very last kick. Uh, Bonomo gets free. I think it was Bonomo. Gets the ball over to Ben Mines. Uh, he takes an extra touch, sc- scuttles the chance, uh, and it gets away from him. But it was just one of those moments where I was like, ah, oh, come on. If if they were not already winning at that point, that would have made me uh, insanely furious. <laughs> ben Mines. Have you ever done that in FIFA? Take that for a second. Like oh, play, yes. When you're, oh, when you're playing time. with your creative character and he's like, it's that first game when you've been loaned down to Coventry City and you've got that empty net and, you, and your, your touch is a little too heavy. And you scuff it. It's the worst. Yeah. Or you just put it down just there at Ivy, Down there at Ivy Lane. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that sounded very specific about Coventry City. Um, <laughs> let's talk man of the match. 
Who do you got? Josteen, let's start with you. Uh, I have Evan Loro. I mean, his performance speaks for itself. He was great all around. Uh, you know, pretty much saved the game for them down the stretch. Uh, not much more I can go off of except that. Yeah, I think that's very fair. Anthony? I'm going to go with Stefano Bonomo. Two goals. Stefano Bonomo. I keep saying Stefano. Um, <laughs> Stefano Bonomo. Two goals. The guy knows where to be at the right time, and this team has needed this kind of a striker all year long, and he's come through. I would even say that's an understatement. The, the, the performances that he's had uh, have been absolutely phenomenal this year. Now the question is, do I give him man of the match? Oh, it's so tough. I, I almost just want to split it between the two of them because they were both so good. You can't. I, Don't do that. Oh. Pick one or the other. Right, Make right. a decision, Joe. Let's see. Pizza or Chinese food? Pizza. <laughs> Don't make me do this. I have to pick for my wife and child all the time. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You know what? Uh, Loro absolutely stood on his head, but I'm still going to give this to Bonomo. The guy has three shots on target in this match. Three. And he scores two of them. Mwah. Beautiful. Uh, but uh, Laura's our guest. I, uh, never mind. I'll give it to, <laughs> I'll give it to him. <laughs> you. You uh, flip-flopper. I'm a flip-flopper. Uh, okay. Uh, when we come back, we're going to be speaking to that very man, Mr. Evan Laura. So stick around. We are back. We are joined by the man of the moment, the the guy who stood on his head this, this past weekend in a, a big win over Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay. It's Mr. Evan Loro. Hello, Evan. How are you doing? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Uh, I think we need to talk about this game this past weekend. Uh, I, I don't think that I am alone in, in saying that this was uh, the performance of the season uh, from you specifically in net. Uh, where did this come from, Evan? Honestly, you know, just continuing to, you know, trying to get better every day and stick with my routine and just listen to my coaches and, you know, working as a team. And, um, you know, it came down to a couple moments where, you know, I had to back my guys up and, you know, that's what I had to do. So nothing, nothing really changes, honestly. It's business as usual. If we had a graphic right now, the, the shades would have just lowered right down onto your eyes, Evan. <laughs> uh, Evan, the um, you know the the game was obviously intense, and they had been uh, for the first two weeks of of the USL playoffs. What makes this format um, so in- incredibly? difficult um it's so different from the mls cup playoffs obviously which has the home and away legs what 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 makes the pressure so high in these games well yeah i mean uh you know kind of like you said like these are just you know one knockout games and you got to be consistent if you have an off day you know your season's done and you know in the mls you can i'm not going to say you could take a game off but you know you you kind of have a little safety valve in the in the two the two legs so for me, that's definitely the most, you know, challenging part of of this. Like anything can happen. Anything can happen in one game. If somebody makes a mistake, and then boom, you're done. So that's definitely a big factor. 
Uh, talk about a little bit about how you guys have, I mean, you guys really seem to find your stride over the last, you know, couple months. I mean, the end of the season, you guys were one of the hottest teams and you guys have really carried that into the playoffs and it, it showed in your two performances. So, um, I mean, you guys have to be confident going into Louisville this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We're confident. And, you know, we knew that we didn't start off the season how we wanted to, and we had a, a bunch of tough results and tough games and we had to, you know, grind things out. And I think that's, that's definitely prepared us for, you know, later parts of the season, obviously, you know, getting Beth and Obanomo back and, you know, the, the crazy form that he's in as well. It's definitely a big factor. So, you know, nothing's really changed. We Training's the same. Everybody acts the same. Morale's the same. You know, we're just starting to, starting to click at the right time. Evan, uh, obviously one of the things that happened this weekend, Jordan Scarlett goes down injured. Uh, I, I didn't get an update from about him yet, but uh, is there any kind of nerves around losing him because of how important he's been to the back line? Um, I wouldn't say nerves. He's definitely, you know, a big player for us and, you know, done well in the games that he's been in and all that stuff. And he's a leader for our team, but we know, you know, if he can't go, we know that we have, people on the bench that are going to step up and you know fill in perfectly and make a seamless transition but it's definitely i i don't know the status of him either but you know if we if we are unfortunate enough to not have him we we know whoever's going to come in is going to do a good job so so far in these uh these first two rounds of the playoffs you guys have beat um what many thought were um somewhat unbeatable teams at home are you guys um, feeling pretty good about yourself as uh, heading into Louisville? Are you, or, or are you guys, um, how are you guys keeping yourselves grounded? Um, yeah, I, I, I think you can ask anybody in the league where if you, if you ask them if we're a true seven seed, I'm almost positive anybody will disagree. Um, but yeah, you know, we went into two tough places to play. Um, we just kind of focus on what we needed to do. We, you know, Took to our game plan. We didn't. We don't change for anybody. And I think if we continue on that path, yes, Louisville's a great team, and they've had an unbelievable year this year. And going there is really hard to play. You know, they have a lot of fans. The the venue's a very aggressive venue. But I think if we stick to the stuff that we've been sticking to, we'll be all right. Uh, you guys have dropped. You guys dropped. Obviously, the two games uh, you played against them during the season. Did you guys learn anything from those two games that might help you out in this game against them this weekend? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even even in those games, we we got we got our chances. It's not like we were we were dominated. We had our chances, and it just came down to some some mistakes that we made that over the course of the season that we've been able to fix. And you know that that also makes us pretty confident going into the game. Evan, I want to turn uh, our attention to just your progression. Obviously, a big part of the USL team is bringing these guys through the system and kind of watching them grow. Uh, just uh, from a self-assessment uh, perspective, you know, how do you feel your progress has been this season? Um, are you are you progressing the way that you would hope? And uh, what kind of lessons did you learn this year? Yeah, absolutely. Like you know, coming from college, like I'm a pretty realistic person in the sense of. You know, I I knew I wasn't gonna, you know, start over Luis and you know, give Ryan competition and all that stuff like that. Like right away, I knew that it was always going to be kind of a uh, two 
three-year process for me. And and I even spoke to my coaches before the season, you know, Preston and, and Vadim as well, that, you know, every week I just I just want to go up a level. Every week, every week, every week. And kind of just not worry about things I can't control and deal with the stuff I can. And if I, if I look back on the season, I, I think I, I have done that. I think I've definitely gotten better. I feel that I'm definitely more comfortable in professional games rather than, you know, college games where, you know, sometimes all you, you can take a playoff here and there, but, you know, in this league and being a professional, everything has to be sharp. And I think I'm definitely more acclimated to that. So I, I definitely think I've, I've progressed over the year. Uh, obviously we, we know so much about how this team works so well with the first team in training. Um, have you been asking Luis Robles and Ryan Mayer for any kind of advice, especially Ryan Mayer, who's gone through this last year and won a championship with the USL team? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, even in training, I'm, I'm with the first team 80% of the time. And, you know, I'm always, obviously, because keeper training is kind of its own little island. I'm always around Luis and, and Ryan, and they're always watching USL games. Even in the morning when I come in, you know, they're talking to me about the last game, like <laughs> about the situation here and there, you know, what were you thinking here? Oh, you know, I maybe have, would have done this. So they've definitely, definitely helped in, in my progress progression and helped me learn things that, you know, might would have taken me longer to learn. The defense has really uh, seemed to step up uh, of late, especially, I mean, you guys had a really good defensive performance against, um, against Charleston, and then, you know, I mean, you you minimized Tampa's chances uh, pretty well in the second half of the game yesterday, uh, last week. Um, so how is how has it changed? Is there more communication between you guys in the back line? You, got, you and the back line guys? Is it just, you know, what's changed as far as that's gone? Yeah, I, th- I think a big factor is, you know, getting consistency in the lineup. Like now you're starting to see, you know, kind of the same guys week in and week out you know, step up and, and make the plays and, and especially for the rookies, including myself, you know, this isn't the easiest system to come in and pick up right away. There's a lot, there's a lot of work that needs to come in, you know, with the back four that, that people don't realize with our whole pressing um, system. So I think we're starting, we've gotten to understand that and we can help each other out and other people, now not only know their jobs, but they know how to help, you know, their teammates out. So I think that's a big, big factor. Now, uh, you are our first repeat guest since we started uh, doing the lightning round. So we have some brand new questions we're going to ask you uh, before we let you go. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Okay. (laughs) When it comes to Manchester United, more Inyo or less Inyo? Less Inyo. Um, on your hot dogs, mustard, ketchup, or mustard and ketchup? If you say anything other than mustard, I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, I didn't prepare you for these, but if you want to take one, feel free. Um, who wins the Champions League this year? Real Madrid. Marvel. Not even a thought. Marvel or DC. Marvel. Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat? 
a tough one. Uh, I'm going to say Mortal Kombat. Call of Duty or Battlefield? Call of Duty. <laughs> Come on now. Okay. And th- this is a big one. Are you ready? Who is the least funny oh, yeah. player in the locker room? Least funny player in the locker room. Does it have to be a player? <laughs> I guess it could be a coach. <laughs> Vadim. Vadim. poor vadim well evan thank you so much for stopping by we wish you nothing but the best this coming weekend and uh hopefully we'll talk to you soon thank you guys so much and when we come back we're gonna have daniel carell and we're gonna preview the game against louisville city stick around We're back. We're going to finish this thing up. We've got Dan Carell. He's been covering Louisville City for the last two seasons. Originally from Westchester, but now based out of Louisville. Dan, thank you so much for joining the show. Thanks, guys. you got to learn how to say it correctly. It's Louisville. Oh, <laughs> I should know better. That's true. Right? Like Louisville. New Jersey, Louisville. Yeah. That's exactly no, there's a, a local dialect no matter where you go. <laughs> well, speaking of Louisville, can I just call him LCFC? Um, no. <laughs> they're coming off a huge win over uh, Rochester, uh, where it looked like for a long time they were not going to make it out of there uh, alive. They were under so much pressure in the first half. Uh, but they ended up uh, coming through that, and part of that seemed like the, the subs in the second half. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so actually it's been a I, – I just wrote about this um, this past week, but it's been an emerging trend these last four games that Louisville City's had where they've basically used big surges in the second half to either win the game or put the game away. Um, and I think seven of their ten second-half goals have been scored by subs, and the, the one making the biggest impact right now is Brian Ownby. Um, some people might remember that name. He played for the Houston Dynamo. Or at least he was on their roster. didn't Didn't really get on the field too much. Was kind of playing as like a wide forward or wide midfielder, maybe a little out of position or something. I'm not. I'm not sure. But he he sort of plays like as a wide uh, as like a winger for Louisville City, and he just he, he's in my opinion like the best player on the field, uh, technical ability wise. Um, just a fantastic dribbler. He's quicker than I mean. He, he doesn't look – he looks like a very sort of scraggly – he's got a scraggly beard, and he doesn't necessarily look like he can run a four four forty. but that's what it looks like on the field. I mean, he's blasting past people, and uh, yeah, so, I mean, he, he scored the game-winning goal against Rochester and um, just latched onto a through ball, beat his defender to the spot, and chipped it over the goalie. Um, he's just a really uh, – he, he easily could be playing in MLS right now as, you know, the third or fourth guy off the bench, but he's decided to be – uh, ironically, he's coming off the bench in USL too, but um, he's decided to have a bigger role in, in USL, and and you know maybe this will be a springboard for him for next year. Well, as good as he's been playing, uh, the, the lead scorers for the season you got Luke Spencer, uh, who can just be so dangerous in those spots in front of the net, kind of poaching and picking out his his spaces. Uh, Cameron Lancaster, George Davis, uh, the fourth, were behind them, both with seven goals apiece. This team's got a lot of ways they can hurt you. It's no coincidence that they were the number one seed. I don't think, I don't think that there was a team in USL that really was playing better than them 
down the stretch, and that includes any of the teams at West. I know uh, Salt Lake did a lot of good in the season, but I, I just never saw them in the same light uh, as I saw Louisville. And, of course, this is their second season now getting to that conference final. Third, third season. Third season in a row? Uh, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll, eat, I'll eat my shoe. Um, <laughs> what is behind this incredible uh, consistency? Well, I guess it'll, it, it really starts with the coaching staff, uh, and that's, excuse me, with the coach, James O'Connor, um, who has basically now, two years in a row, completely rebuilt the squad. After the first year, they lost five, six, seven starters. He replaced them. They made it to the Eastern Conference Finals, obviously, last year, and you know lost on penalties to Red Bulls, too. And then the same thing happened this past year. They lost about, I think it was seven starters, and he's repl- either replaced them all by promoting guys off the bench or bringing in a few new recruits. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's just been incredible. Uh, one of the other incredible things is they're, they're probably the first team, at least in, in USL and may- maybe in – you know, American professional soccer in the, the modern era, let's say 1996 on, to have every single one of their field players score a goal. Now, they only have 20 guys on the roster, and that's three <laughs> goalies as well. So, But for 17 players to score uh, in a season is pretty incredible. And I think they are either the only or maybe one of two independent teams to have done that this year or within the last two years as well. So it wasn't super rare for a team to have 17 players score, but I, I can't remember another team where every single one of like the contracted field players signed to the team has scored a goal this year. So it's been kind of interesting how they ha- they don't really have a consistent goal scorer who you can count on game by game, but pretty much everybody, well, everybody has scored. Uh, Tarek Morad had two goals or didn't score all year until the last game of the regular season, and then he puts two in in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, so, you know, three goals in two games after not scoring for an entire season. The one goal he had scored was an own goal. So that was crazy. And then, um, yeah, I mean, Lancaster, Spencer, Ilya Illich, uh, Illich have all split time up top. And, you know, it seems when it seems like they go on a good run, they either get injured or they get taken out of the lineup and someone else goes in and, and suddenly their rhythm is gone. So some of the, the lineup decisions have been odd, but uh, basically it's just a different person every night stepping up and, and scoring the important goals for this team. I think that's a key to success in USL. I think when you look at those teams that have uh, those guys who are the consistent goal scorers that are scoring, you know, way more than the rest of the team, they get shut down in any given game, especially in the playoffs. That is super, super costly. Anthony, you look at this team, uh, Louisville. Where is where are the cracks in the armor? Do you think that the Red Bulls can exploit them? Um, I think you can hit them early. And and rattle them. Um, they have not been hit very early, but in in the games where they where that's happened, um, they've they've chased games, and they have they have the talent to do that and and come back. But I think if Red Bull two can take a page out of the first team a bit, um, and looking at that Chicago game recently, if they can if they can strike early and often, I think they'll have a really good chance of uh, of, of advancing. Joe Steen, if if you're looking at this match, I think one of the um, the storylines that uh, is following them into this is this is the revenge match for last year's conference finals. But on the the other side of that, Louisville uh, put a hurting on Red Bull two this year, <laughs> so uh, arguably that revenge could go either way. Uh, do you think 
this is going to come down to penalties again this season, uh, where you've got these two fantastic goalkeepers, Gregory Ranjinsink and uh, Evan Loro, who is now just really rounding into form. Are, are we going to see these two battle it out uh, in you know five kicks at the end of the match? We very well could. I mean, it. You know, both teams, like you said. I mean, even in the the first game, uh, Louisville completely just outplayed them. I think uh, at Montclair, but in the second game, I mean, um, they. It was it was more a back and forth game. I mean, both teams had pretty good chances, and Louisville took a, uh, advantage of a couple mistakes. But I definitely think that game could have been tied at the end of the regulation. So um, I. Could definitely see it going to penalties again. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me at all. And and Dan, I know that there's lots of teams uh, that are much more local uh, for a rivalry to develop around. But, you know, you're coming to a second season where these exact teams are meeting in the conference finals. Do you you see that as something that might blossom, a rivalry between these two squads? Uh, yeah, I think that would be great. I mean, I can I can tell you from like uh, following Louisville City Twitter over the past few days that the the, the fans, especially the you know ultras, if you can call them that, are uh, are pretty amped up for this game. I mean, it it means a lot to them. Uh, you know, last year ended on such a sour note, you know, with three red cards and going to penalties and everything. So, uh, I I think you know it's a little bit of revenge, like you'd said it before, that you know Louisville City's won that two previous games already this season but you know ultimately the fans want to make it to a usl uh, cup final louisville city would host it should they you know win on saturday so there's just a, a ton riding on this game and and especially considering the opponent just amps the stakes up even more now before i force you into making a prediction uh, i very quickly want to talk about uh the stadium and maybe possibility of sneaking not sneaking into mls uh but i think uh because of the region, maybe folks looked at that and thought St. Louis was going to be a team that was going to emerge there uh, as an expansion uh, team for MLS. That obviously is not going to happen based on a number of factors. Uh, if Louisville doesn't end up in MLS, do you see that as maybe an issue for a fan base? I, I asked uh, Cincinnati the same kind of thing. You know, Do you see these numbers declining because that hope of maybe climbing up to that next level isn't there? No, I don't think so. I don't think people are coming to games right now because it's like, oh, maybe one day they can play in MLS. I, I think they're coming to games because there's a good product on the field. And uh, and it's it's fun. It's a fun atmosphere. The Coopers, the supporters group, um, you know, it's kind of like the South Ward. You know, they, they create the atmosphere for the team and, and uh, you can hear it around the stadium. It's unfortunately in a ballpark, but yeah. Uh, so the sight lines aren't so good, but that's kind of why they want their own stadium. Um, for now, it's a 10,000 seater. It has the ability to be expanded, I think, to 20,000 is, is what I've heard. Um, it's in a just about downtown location. It's like, you know, maybe a half a mile outside of downtown, but still close enough of a walk to hotels or bars, things like that. And they're trying to create mixed use development around it as well. So that'll have restaurants and bars and hotels and things for people to do, you know, so they don't just go straight to their cars after the game or, or before the game, just park their car and walk right in. So they, they have something to do, uh, you know, there I'm sure they will be tailgating things like that. So yeah, I mean, the stadium news, as you mentioned, was massive here for Louisville, because honestly, the, I, 
I mean, it was a little bit of an unspoken truth, but the team was going to leave or fold or whatever uh, had that stadium deal not been approved. Um, I don't know if they would have folded it, you know, after this season or after next season or whatever. But with that USL rule of everyone needing a soccer specific stadium by 2020, uh, you know, if if they didn't get this stadium deal done by now, they weren't going to have one in time. So. Um, it's a big deal for pro soccer in this town, and uh, I don't really think MLS really matters ultimately. Uh, MLS is so far removed from Louisville, Kentucky. I mean, the closest team right now is Columbus, and if you get rid of Columbus, then the closest team is Chicago. And uh, Columbus is like a two-and-a-half, three-hour drive from here, and Chicago is a you know five, six, seven-hour drive, I guess, depending on traffic. So uh, it's just so far away. It's you know People don't think about MLS. People here don't watch MLS. You know, when I talk to people about the Red Bulls or Columbus Crew or something, soccer fans here in town, they don't really care. They they watch the national team and they watch Premier League and they watch you know the local USL team, uh, but MLS is so far off the radar. So I don't really think that impacts it too much. Well, that's fantastic. It sounds like your stadium uh, being so close to downtown would be within the designated pre-court area. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get a prediction for this match this coming weekend. Who you got, Dan? Uh, I think it's going to be Louisville 2, Red Bulls 1, or Red Bulls 2-1, but in extra time. I I think it'll be locked at 1-1 after 90 and some point in the... Next 30 minutes, uh, someone from Louisville City will find the back of the net. Anthony. I'm going ridiculous here. I'm saying 2 nothing Red Bull 2. Whoa, whoa. Slow those horses down. <laughs> Josteen, what do you got? I'm going 2-1 Red Bulls 2 in extra time. You guys are maniacs. So everybody knows how I'm going to go for this. Uh, I do not think the Red Bulls are going to advance. I know I've said that for the last two weeks. Uh, this time, and people I, call me a troll. That's not, <laughs> you like trolling it up right now, <laughs> trolling it up, talking about how the teams. Like, do you just not want to record this podcast anymore? Is that what it is? Do you, you I think, I think it's fair it? to say that they were the underdog in both of those matches, right? And I agree the, with those the defending results. champions. I understand they're defending champions. There's so many different people in this squad, though. Charleston, I'll I'll, I'll debate Charleston if they were the underdog. Tampa, fair enough, because Charleston was kind of on a slide. Uh, But anyway, uh, I'm going to say this is going to go all the way to penalties, and the Red Bull Sioux are going to lose in penalties just to complete the cycle uh, from last year and Louisville advance. (sighs) That's the sound of the wind being sucked out of the room (laughs) by Eeyore. Uh, All right, let's talk about... uh, our playoff bracket. Uh, I had Rochester going to the conference final. Obviously, that did not happen. At least I picked Louisville uh, to be in that round two match. Uh, the first round, I did pretty well. I picked everything except for the Charleston match, right? And then it goes completely off the rails. I had Charleston versus Rochester in the conference final with Rochester advancing. Uh, so I think, if nothing else, I've proven that I am not good at doing this. <laughs> Anthony, do you remember your picks? Not at all. I actually I remember um, that I had Rochester beating New York at some point. Well, that ain't gonna happen. So <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't remember any of my picks. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, let's very quickly. And I did not do the proper research to figure <laughs> out what those were. <laughs> I looked at this. I was trying to figure out based on you know uh, the trends and where they were playing, and you no, know, it didn't matter. Um, all right, very quickly, we'll round 
we'll round up uh, what happened out west. OKC uh, comes up against San Antonio. Um, I th- I would say that this is a, a pretty big upset. I think San Antonio looked like they might be a team that could have been advancing all the way to the final. They lose in PKs. Um, yeah, I think that that busted everybody else's bracket, right? Because Bill picked San Antonio. I had picked Phoenix out west. I don't remember who you picked, Anthony, but all of us we completely failed. <laughs> Well, I picked the Monarchs, and they went out oh, in week right. one. Yep. <laughs> yeah, well, Phoenix as well. <laughs> we were both uh, way off there. Uh, in the other match, Swope Park Rangers defeat Sacramento, one nothing. Uh, you're looking at a Final Four that is nearly identical to the Final Four last year. The only difference being OKC is there instead of Vancouver. And I believe Vancouver beat OKC, right, last season? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, pretty remarkable. Uh, I think it's great that MLS two teams are representing uh, so very strongly here, and yeah, this is this is fantastic. Uh, out of those two games remaining, Swope Park, OKC, who is going through? Um, I'm predicting Swope Park here. I think that Swope Park um, is they they just got it together and they know what to do in the playoffs, much like Red Bull two now. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Justine? I'm going OKC. They've they've been underdogs in their last two matches, and they've won them both. I think they'll do it again. And uh, OKC has Jose Angulo, right? Former uh, New York Red Bull. And I believe FC New York, Jose Angulo. <laughs> uh, Dan, Dan, who you got in that final match? Uh, Swope Park or OKC? Uh, I like Sewell Park. I think they're on a nice roll right now. I thought that whole uh, stadium thing was kind of weird where it was going to be in Sacramento and then it was going to be in at Swope. And oh, then yeah. suddenly they were like, oh, yeah, we'll just play it at, you know, Children's Mercy Park or whatever they call it now. So uh, I, th- I think they got sometimes those little things, you know, galvanize the team and they got a little bit of momentum right now in the, in the uh, playoffs. And obviously it's, you know, OKC did it on the road, which is pretty good. But uh so, something uh, I, that SKC Academy, kind of like Red Bulls Academy, has got something good going, and uh, I, I like. I think it'll be interesting to see them in the final. Yeah, their their defense is uh, pretty stellar. I would say, I yes, I'm still a little salty over the way that the U.S. Open Cup ended. So I'm going to keep calling it Livestrong for now. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay, <laughs> we have come to. Oh wait, no, no. Uh, I forgot one one extra little tiny bit. I, I've got an announcement to make. Joe Steen is here. Uh, surprise, he's also going to be uh, a contributing author uh, to content that we're going to start putting up at RaisingBulls.com. So every week, um, Joe Steen, Yay. I'm going to be uh, corralling some other writers just to get Get some, all your some, Noah Powder content. Yeah, just some <laughs> extra <laughs> Noah Powder content up on the site just to kick a few more things around and just have some uh, some good fan stuff and, and opinion stuff that I don't think you'll find on uh, maybe anywhere else. Uh, but yeah, so thank you, Joe Steen, for, for being the first of the, uh, the writers who's going to be coming over to us. Yeah. Thank you. Obviously, he's still going to be writing for Once a Metro, folks. <laughs> I'm not if, stealing if, him if, away. If I can make a request, can you do a John Wallenet goal of the day for there every day of the year? <laughs> <laughs> that would be fantastic. That, that, that would actually be yep. pretty funny. I would pick... Just uh, do his, like, his, uh, what, what was it, the volley goal? I'm trying to remember who that was against, but that was against back in, like, 2002 Columbus, or something. 
Yeah, against Columbus. Just just do that every day. I, I can watch that every day. I'm, I'm hoping to see him, like, because I work downtown here in Louisville, and I, hopefully they get in early enough Friday that I can see him on my way as I'm leaving work, and I'm, I'm just going to badger him for 25 minutes and talk about that goal. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But he was still playing. He will listen to you, <laughs> shrug his shoulders, and speak to you in the exact same tone. He is, he's, yes. he's so nice. When uh, he was still playing, my father ran into him in a train station, I believe, in Washington, D.C., and accosted him. <laughs> and he, uh, The way that he describes it is he's like, does, does this guy really mean to be talking to me right now? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> Uh, yeah, we love John. He's awesome. Uh, Daniel, thank you so much for joining the show. Um, Pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me. I, I wish you guys nothing but uh, the best of luck uh, in this game, but also for the coming season. Thank you. You as well. And if you'd like to follow us on Twitter, Dan, I'll let you actually plug first, if you'd like. Uh, where can people follow, follow you? Um, if they want to see my Louisville City content, it's at Dan Carell, K-A-R-E-L-L, preps, all one word. Probably need to change the handle now that I don't work at the Curry Journal anymore, covering <laughs> preps, but uh, I'll do that eventually. Um, if they want to just hear me tweet about MLS, U.S. Men's National Team, Israeli soccer, what other random crap, uh, just add Daniel Carell. And if you'd like to follow uh, me, I am at underscore Joe Goldstein. I am at NYC Soccer World. I am at Jasteen15. And if you'd like to follow the show, and we hope you do, we are at underscore, nope, no, why, no underscore there, at Raising <laughs> Bull Cast. That's Raising Bull, one bull, Raising Bull Cast. And of course, as we mentioned, that's all on Twitter. You can also follow us at Facebook.com slash Raising Bulls. You can go to RaisingBulls.com, where we're going to start having some fantastic content written by the likes of uh, none other than today's guest host, Joe Steen. Uh, you can also send us uh, email questions, uh, hate mail, anything you really want us to uh, say on the podcast. Uh, we would be glad to read it for you to questions at raisingbulls.com. And if we read your question, we think it's great and we include it on the show or whatever, you know, you're sending us, we'll, we'll send you a sticker. I am slow about it, but they do get out there. Uh, I promise. Uh, and if you'd like to listen to us, uh, on iTunes, Twitter, no Twitter. What is happening to me at the end? iTunes. No one listens on Twitter. <laughs> iTunes, not yet. They don't. Now that there's 280 characters, the sky's the limit iTunes, oh, Stitcher, Google Play. Please find us there. We are Raising Bull Podcast. Find us, rate us, review us. It means everything. Subscribe. Do whatever you need to do. Uh, as long as it's nice. Don't don't review us if you're going to give us one star and, and talk about how awful Anthony is. We all know. We don't need to hear it or see it in writing. Uh, I'm the best. <laughs> uh, for Evan Loro, Dan Corral, Anthony Merced, Joe Steen. I'll even give it to Bill Toomey and myself, Joe Goldstein. Thank you so much and have a good night. Bravo.